Hey guys, it's Kelly, and I want to welcome you back to the Unbroken Podcast. So tonight I have such a great friend of mine as a guest that wants to speak about her experience with how close sex trafficking came to her own life. So I would like everyone to give a very warm welcome to Santa. How are you tonight? Uh, Very good. How's things going? Okay. Busy. Yeah. (laughs) We're all a little bit busy these days. So um, I don't really know where to start. So my mic is yours. Okay. Um, Well, my husband passed away in um, July of 2020. And um, he used to be with, um, I would, I considered them prostitutes for a very long time. And I didn't, I mean, I knew of, uh, sex trafficking and, but I never knew of it the way I know about it today. So, um, when he, I first figured out that he was, you know, using the, the phone or the internet to, um, I guess, hook up and pay for these women and men, some of them young, some of them middle-aged, um, all different backgrounds and nationalities. And he would also go to Asian spas. Um, uh, and I really didn't have much to say about it cause I didn't want to bring light to it. I didn't want to, um, rock the boat, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Until I started, until I met one girl on Instagram that was tra- trafficked, and I listened to her story, and then I saw Kelly on Instagram as well, and listened to her story, and that's when I realized that, you know, maybe these younger people, and especially the Asian, you know, the, the Asian girls looked very young to me. And that's when I realized that maybe these girls would be, you know, human trafficked as prostitutes. So that's when I brought it up to my husband and I told him that, you know, I, I, I really can't be involved with it um, because I can't be sleeping next to somebody that's doing something that I'm totally against. How did you Uh, come about finding out that he was doing all of this on his phone he would disappear he would uh and i thought it was just drug use actually is what i really thought or maybe there was another girl or you know somebody else that he had on the side so that's when i decided to become a little investigator Mm -hmm. and i found all of the things on his phone and um i was really really taken back by it because i didn't think that that would be the case. So I I was with him for 12 years. And, um, and then I just thought about all the other times that he disappeared. And, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was drugs. And once I realized that, you know, these could be, you know, people that really don't want to do what they're doing, and they they're forced to do it. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I approached him with that and I said, you know, these, you know, you have to stop because these people, these humans that you're, I don't know what you're doing with them, 
you know, you're saying you're not having sex with them. I don't know if you're just sitting and talking to them. I don't know if you're doing drugs with them. I don't know if you're trying to get drugs. I don't know if you're having sex, but you know, they do that, you know, they're not doing, they're doing it against their own will. And you know, you're, you're involved in it. You're, you're a buyer. I never even knew what a buyer was. How did he react to that when you approached him about it? Well, he said to me, oh, stop it. You can't, you can't save the world. You know, you can't help these people. They want to do it because they want to get high. Wow. You know, and I, I would tell him, you know, you got to be really careful because, you know, they're, they're, I guess, I don't really remember the word I used, but I meant pimp or, or the person who was trapped. I don't know what the real, what the word is, you know? Yeah. And, he said, no, these, these girls, they want to do this. And, you know, and I said, well, you know, some of them are, are very young and especially, especially the ones that, you know, are in the massage parlors, you know, you have to know that these, these girls are, are you know, they're doing this against their own will mm-hmm. and he kind of shunned me and, and, um, you know, like I was crazy. Do you think he didn't want to believe it was true because he was involved or he was just that naive. No, he's not. Na- he was not naive. He just didn't. He just, I, I don't really know what I thought. I, I, I don't really remember what I thought. I don't think he thought of it as them being trafficked. Yeah. I, thought, I think he thought of it as them just being prostitutes like I thought of it for a long time. And I'm going to be 58 years old and I'm just learning about human trafficking for maybe the last two or three years. Yeah. Well, I know we've had so many, so many conversations about the different things that you had found on his phone. Wasn't there a, a couple websites as well too that he had? Yes. Well, I would Google the phone numbers that I saw from his, his phone log and, um, you know, all these different ads would come up with, you know, all these different types of people. And the one that, the, the one that really made me the sickest was the young men who were transforming into women. And that's not what made me sick was the men who wanted to be women. You know, that's not the part that made me sick. What made me sick was they were doing this because they were trying to make money, you know, so they can, they could get surgery surgery and everything. And, and it just started to really, really upset me really, really bad. And I felt like I was involved in it because he was involved in it. And then I became his wife and what he does in the eye of the, you know, the law is what I do. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I used to get frightened as well. And I know that you had asked me like different ways that you could report it and, you know, how to go about that. How was your experience with that? Well, I had reported a lot of the phone numbers because a lot of websites had come up different, different websites. Uh, web crawl is, um, 
Ashley Madison, um, Backpage. Uh, there, there were just so many of them, so many of them. Mm. And I had called the, the local police station in, in Suffolk County, New York, you know, and I gave them all the phone. I mean, I must have given them 30, maybe more, you know, so they could, you know, you know, help these, these people if they were doing this against their will. Not everybody does it against their will. You know, some people do do it because they choose to do it. Um, and then, um, and then I finally got up the nerve before he passed. Um, cause Kelly had suggested to me that I should, you know, contact the FBI and, and I did. And you mean me, Kelly, right? Yes. You Kelly. Okay. <laughs> And, um, (laughs) and and it took a lot for me to do it. I mean, it took me about maybe four months to do it. And then I, I, I called you and I said, I did it. I did it. And I did it. And I don't even know if, if they did anything with it. And that's the part that really bothers me the most. Cause I had called the Suffolk County, you know, the investigation, you know, people. Yeah. And they had no answers for me. No answers. And even after he died, I went to the police station and sat down with um, the investigator because he was found, you know, dead in his apartment um, with nobody there. So they had an open investigation. And I went there with the phone log and I highlighted all of the phone numbers that had you know, websites and they link to other websites and that links to another website, which links to yeah. another website. And, um, and he didn't even look taken back. Like he didn't even look like he cared. Mm, such a shame. It, it is. It is. And I would like to follow up with him one day. Yeah. I will. One day. And how does it, how does it make you feel Like, I remember like some of our earlier conversations where you were asking if I thought what he was doing was part of sex trafficking. Like now that you kind of have a bigger picture and believe that's part of what he was involved with, like, how does that make you feel like, do you feel guilty, sad, you know? I used to feel guilty because, because I felt like I was a part of it and I was doing nothing about it. Um, because I was embarrassed, I was embarrassed and, and I don't, I really can't grab the emotion too much anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to say I went back in my shell in my denial and that's where I'm safe. Yeah. That's where I'm safe. And it, and it's heartbreaking to know that this is so available at anybody's fingertip, any time during the day, any day of the week. Rain, sleet, snow, heat, 24-7. Now, when you first heard the term sex trafficking, like, did the thought ever cross your mind about the things that you were finding in his phone or did not it- in the beginning. No, I just looked at it as they were prostitutes, you know, they were making money 
to, you know, get high or making money for surgeries um, or just making money. I no, I never thought of, of it as sex trafficking at all. And never. once you did, that's kind of what your driving force of reporting it to the authorities was. Absolutely. One hundred percent was to if I can save one person, then it was all worthwhile for me. So I'm hoping I really saved a lot more than one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough because it's when you're not the victim, you really can't get much information about the police and the investigation and everything like that. I mean, even when I made reports against the guy that kidnapped me, I mean, there is very little information that they told me. And mm -hmm. it's just they like to keep everyone in the dark. I actually had the an FBI agent tell me, well, you're just going to have to trust us that we're investigating it. And I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm sitting I, here freaking out and I just need some reassurance that something's happening. You know, exactly. exactly. I mean, I just feel that it's I mean, I, I, I had no idea until I met you that it was um, done in the family so close to home like that. Um, you know, I always knew that it was like, you know, maybe, you know, sexual abuse, physical abuse in a home, you know, like I never wanted my kids to sleep anywhere or, you know, but never thought of, of human trafficking like that. I yeah. never thought, I never thought of it. Yeah. And I see that a lot in a lot of different episodes. It's like people kind of want to distance themselves and not think about how close it is to them, which is obviously why I wanted you to share your story, because I mean, you can't get much closer than your husband, you yeah. know, and it's, I mean, your story is absolutely devastating and I'm so sorry you went through it. And I'm oh, so unbelievably proud of you for coming on here. Um, I mean, it's almost like, you know, you're, you know, here you are, girlfriend, fiance, wife, and, you know, your husband's seeking, you know, prostitutes, which is, is enough to kill your self-esteem to begin with. But then exactly. when you think about it in a whole different aspect of these people are being trafficked, possibly 98% of them, it, it changes the whole mindset. It just, it, it's criminal. It's yeah. criminal. And, and it's on a different level of, of abuse than I've ever even thought of. Now, have you tried finding any services that can kind of like support you as, you know, his wife and, you know, like for your mental health, like support groups or anything like that? No, I wouldn't even know where to start. I wouldn't. Yeah. Even, that's why I have you. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm a very busy woman. I'm constantly <laughs> looking up resources. <laughs> I just, you know, I feel that I, I just feel that women or men, um, you know, need to know the extent of what their significant other, their parent, their child is actually doing when they're seeking prostitution, even if they don't even know that that's what they're doing. Yeah. It, there definitely needs to be more awareness to this situation because I would have never looked at it the way I'm looking at it. If I didn't see 
if I didn't see you and several other survivors on Instagram or TikTok, I would have never, my perspective would have never been any different than just, it's a prostitute, you know? And I know like all week I've been texting, making sure you wanted to do this and you kept giving the same response that you have to, and it needs to be said. Do you want to kind of explain a little bit where your mindset is when you said like, I have to do this. I have to tell. Well, first of all, I have to, I have to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and like I said, people have to understand when they're, you know, ordering, I guess that's the word I would use ordering a a prostitute or going to an Asian, you know, um, massage parlor and these cute little girls come out and, you know, and they're rubbing your leg and, and, you know, they need to know that it's a very high possibility that these people are being trafficked. And this is what, this is what their life is. It's full of fear abuse, constant, there's no freedom. And this Mm -hmm. is, this is, you know, you know, and they get them hooked on drugs. And and it's just, people need to understand there's a different part of it than just, oh, my husband was with a prostitute. Yeah. And I can't even imagine like you knowing everything that you know, trying to get him to understand and him just like completely shutting you down and had to feel like invalidating in a way, didn't that? It was very invalidating. It was like, I didn't know what I was talking about and I can't save anybody. And, you know, I, I am, I'm, I consider myself a savior. (laughs) So for somebody to say that to me in, in that, in that type of sense where all he had to do was say, Oh, you're right. You know, let's, let's look at a bigger picture on the situation, you know, maybe she's right. Maybe they're not just prostitutes, you know, maybe they are, you know, women, men who are being trafficked and they're doing it against, you know, their will. And they have to do this. They have to lay with you, you know, at, at his age, I considered him a dirty old man, you know, like it's a, he's a dirty old man. And that young girls must be like, Oh my God, I got to lay with this dirty old, you know what I mean? Like the whole, the whole concept of it, it just spooked me, grossed me, upset me, made me angry, made me sad, made me feel powerless, Mm. um, powerless that I, I could not help anybody, anybody. I couldn't help them. Did you like when have you I know you've opened up to me a lot. Has there been other people that you've opened up to about what he was doing and like what was kind of their reaction when you told them? Well, yes, I yeah, I have a few, you know, friends that I opened up to, um, you know, before he passed away and. They never they never really looked at it the way I finally looked at it either. And so now you have a handful of, of older women, my age that, that don't have a clue the same time. I didn't have a clue on, well, maybe it it could be, you know, these people are being trafficked. They're being abused. Did you ever try to explain why you thought they were being trafficked to your friends and like, how did they, once I, 
Well, once I, I kind of figured it out, like, you know, after I spoke with you a few times, you know, like it clicked, like I was supposed to meet you for this to click in my head yeah. and, um, you know, without a doubt. And, and then I, then my approach to it was completely different. And yes, they did. They understood 100%. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Cause I know there's like this whole big, uh, pro sex movement and, I mean, to each their own, but it's just, I know with my personal experience, nobody ever asked if I was doing it on my own free will or if I was being forced. And I can't imagine what I would have answered if someone had. So it seems like your husband didn't really care if they were being forced or not. No. And even when I brought it to his attention, he still didn't care. Yeah. And it's, it's like, how can you really say that? you know, legalizing prostitution and those kinds of things is even going to help with sex trafficking. Cause it's like, if the buyers don't care if they're being forced to or not, then I mean, how are you really going to end sex trafficking? And you I, know? and I actually thought that maybe when I did approach him in a diff in that way, that he would stop because I mean, I, I thought of him as a, you know, a man who was, you know, uh, you know, he was a, he has a, a young daughter, you know, your age, 20, 20, 30, maybe 30, you Thank know, you. I'm 39. <laughs> <laughs> she might be 36. I don't know how old she is now, you know, and I even gave it to him in that approach. Like yeah. I said, to him, you know, what if this was your daughter? Um, what if the, you have, you have a granddaughter, you know, you have to, you have to help to stop this, not contribute and make it easier. And he has a daughter-in-law who was trafficked. She was, yes, she was a heroin addict and her, her boyfriend trafficked her, you know, So he even knew about sex trafficking and still just didn't care. Yes. And I used to say, you know, you could have, you could have called up your daughter-in-law who would have been your future daughter-in-law. Yeah. And you wouldn't even have known it, you know, and I have another friend who her daughter is a, um, she's a, she's a junkie too. And, and, and her girlfriend, you know, pimps her out and for drugs. And I used to say to him, you know, you, you could be with, we'll call her Lolly, you know, you could have been with Lolly and not even have known it. Yeah. You know, and nothing, 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 nothing clicked in his head. And this is like kind of hits on like the perspective people have of victims. I mean, obviously they use drugs a lot for me. Um, As a child, it was over the counter stuff. But as I got older, it was more of the you know, street drugs. And it was like these customers, clients, whatever you want to call them, probably just looked at me like I was just some junkie and just wanted money for my next fix. But really, I was being drugged before I would go to the sale. So that way I was just so oblivious to what was good. Yeah. And I was oblivious to what was going on. So it's difficult. And I mean, God, it just breaks my heart. Like he was that close to sex trafficking and still did it anyways yes even when i brought it it's very it's it's very sad and and he's not a nice person and um 
he wasn't, he wasn't a good man. And this is, you know, when people say, oh, he was a good man, I have to, you know, swallow my words because he wasn't, I, you know, it would be hard for me to have this discussion with people and get so in depth with it. And even that, you know, even, you know, they would just like probably, you know, turn their head to it or think I'm crazy or over dramatic, but I'm not. I'm yeah. not being dramatic because exactly. it needs to be awareness in, in many different ways. And I feel that this is one of the ways it has yeah. to be, you know, draw attention to it. The yeah. buyers have to stop. They got mm-hmm. to stop. See, and then one thing I never understood was if a buyer gets arrested, they only get charged with soliciting. Like if the victim is being forced to into prostitution she's by law being raped or he's being raped you know so it's like why aren't they charging the johns with rape when they're caught because they're literally doing that well because they put a label on it prostitution Mm -hmm. they put a label on it i remember a long time ago um there used to be this uh what was her name lee Lee Lang or something. She used to do a. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't go remember into the name. streets, right? And um, you know these. At that time, it you know I only heard of girls doing it. Um, yeah. You know, which is another thing that was hidden too was the the, the you know the the feet the males the boys that they were forcing to do that stuff as well, um. And, and they they would not give up their pimps. I mean, they they wouldn't mm. they wouldn't. And and that same man would come back, you know, in his car, and the girl would go in the car and and you know, get him off, and you know, fifty bucks. And I don't I I don't understand. I don't understand. No, and I had it was so crazy when I had my wisdom teeth taken out. It was in like downtown like center city of the city that I lived in, like outside of, and we had to drive through like the bad neighborhood. And my, um, my ex-husband was pointing out the prostitutes and I'm like, why are they just wearing jeans and a, and a sweatshirt? I mean, like I had the pretty woman outfit in my mind and it's like, I look back now and I'm just like, I never wore those outfits either. Like it's still even, seeing them standing on the streets it didn't click to me that it was like oh shit like i'm doing the same thing they're doing like it's just like you're so separated from it until you realize like holy shit like it's this close you know mm-hmm. like, oh. I'm so yeah mad. i mean even 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 when i was young like you know at you know probably when the when the crack crack cocaine first came into the United States. Um, you know, it, in a town next to mine, um, you know, you would see the prostitutes walking up and down the streets and yeah. you would never, I never thought about it as, you know, somebody was making them go out and do that so they can get high. And then the, the pimp could make money. I only thought about it as, okay, the girls are going out there because they need to smoke crack. You know, there was no awareness to sex trafficking at that point. Mm -hmm. And even, and even, you know, they used to have on the milk cartons, they used to have, you know, missing kids and, and all that stuff. And, 
it was never discussed. Like no. they were just kidnapped. Nobody ever said, you know, they were kidnapped to go into the this the sex slave industry. Like it was never discussed. Never ever discussed. Well, I had talked to. I was going to. Um, it's like trauma based counseling and. I had talked with them about pressing charges and they literally told me that since most of my memories were from the eighties and nineties, there was no sex trafficking laws back then. So it would be considered a sexual assault and it was way past the statute of limitations for that. There should be no statute of limitations for that. No. And I mean, it's like, I can't even press charges for sex trafficking of things that happened to me while I was being sex trafficked at a young age, because back then there was no law and I have to go by what laws there were back then. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like (laughs) if I had even come forward, no one would have done anything about it. It's just, it's mind blowing, you know? Well, I will say, you know, I, it has, it hasn't destroyed my self-esteem. You know, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't look like down upon myself, but it has, it has ruined my desire. Yeah. You have sex. Like I, I have no interest in sex anymore. None. I have none, not one ounce of it. And I feel like like I'm a waste of a woman. Like he made me feel like a waste of a woman because if he didn't want to have sex with me, why would he want to have sex with them? It's like, it's a weird, it's a weird, um, it's a weird thing. And, and, and I think any man that I will meet in the future will be doing the same thing. And I know it's not true, but it's very highly, highly likely. It's just always going to be in the back of your head, like every but it's time. It's just sh- so easy at yeah. a click of a button that these people could be abused twenty four seven. It blows my mind. Uh, can't it even blows imagine. My mind. So, um, finishing up, I mean, was there anything else that you wanted to add to the whole journey? I guess you could say into finally feeling like you were able to actually report him? Um, well, he's not here anymore. So, you know, he won't, I'm sure he's being punished for his sins. I, 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 I hope he is being punished for his sins. Um, did he ever show any regret? No, because he was too high, I guess. I, I, I don't really know. I think he did it all for himself, his own ego boost or, you know, maybe he did it because, you know, he was so far gone on, on drugs that he was trying to find something that would, you know, enhance his, I, I, I don't know. I never got any answers. So I, I don't really like, I never got any true answers from him. I, anything I knew, I found out on my own and even, anything. Even after he knew that you knew he still did it anyways. Oh, he still did it anyway. Yes. He would deny it. I mean, he got girls on, I mean, people on, uh, you know, Facebook and I mean, you name it, 
he wasn't on TikTok. You know, I, I mean, I don't think he was on TikTok. Um, I don't know about Instagram. Um, you know, it's just the access to it is just unbelievable to me. But it has opened my eyes and I am more observant of what's going on around me. Um, I look up and down my street, you know, for any kind of sign of anything that, that I think is going on in the home. Um, I'm even more paranoid with my daughter than I ever was. Uh, sure she appreciates that. Well, you know, you know, people just don't want to see it. They don't want to look at it. They don't, they don't want to think it's happening. No. And it's, I mean, they do, they just don't want the truth about it. They want to think it happens on a boat in the Suez canal or on Wayfair, Amazon, Walmart, because it's easy. You just delete the app and you're mm -hmm. safe from it, but it's like, you're laying next to a guy, you know? Mm -hmm. And obviously it's absolutely not your fault. That's not your guilt, not your cross to carry at all, but it just goes well, to show, you know, how close it is to people. It was, yeah, it was the man I was laying with, sleeping with, putting my arm around, you know, a wedding band on my finger. And even I ignored it, you know, which, which I, you know, I ignored it too. I did. Um, until I couldn't ignore it anymore. Yeah. Well, last question I wanted to ask, and I ask pretty much everybody that I interview, do you have any advice on anyone? And this would be geared more towards someone who like maybe a wife or a girlfriend that thinks that their husband is involved, like, you know, just any kind of advice that you would have for them if they just have that feeling. I would say um, be extremely open-minded and think of things differently than they really look, you know, think further, think outside the box, open Pandora's box, you know, push the envelope, learn, um, you know, believe these survivors, believe their stories and pray and yeah. pray and don't lay with them. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I, like I said, I am just so proud of you for coming on and I'm so thankful that you can bring this kind of perspective. Cause it's like, when you hear one person say it's their family member, it's like, okay, that's an isolated case. But the more that you hear from people like this, is, it was my husband, it was my uncle, you know, it, it starts to sink in, I think, for a lot of people, which is, you know, why I do this podcast, because I just I want to get the truth out there instead of all the glamorized and conspiracy theories wow. and everything like that, you know, right. It happens so, right in the home. I'm so sorry you went through that. And I'm I don't know. I just keep wanting to tell you how proud of you I am. I know. It's okay. And I just, like I said, if, if I saved one person. Yeah. And I'm sure you did. I, I feel like I've saved the world. Just one person. Yeah. From this horror. Well, I know when we had first met, I'd use that hashtag if just one a lot. And I'd always said that, you know, if I save one and you save one and 10 other people save one, like, 
we can end sex trafficking. One person can't do it by themselves. And it just takes one, just one person. Right. So I commend you for being able to talk about it, to bring awareness to it. And for even being able to go and report your husband's. I mean, that could not have been easy. No. So I hope, I hope, uh, you know, somebody does listen and somebody thinks of it differently than just a prostitute. Yeah, me too. Prostitutes. Well, well, thank you so much for coming on. And I want to thank everyone for listening and for all your continued love and support. It really means a lot to me. It's not easy to come on here and share my story and have others come on and share their stories. So the support means more than you could ever know. Um, I'm going to end things there unless there was anything else you wanted to talk about. That's it. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much. And I will talk with y'all soon.